Same is true here in the United States today. Since the removal of the Bible and prayer in the 1960s in our public schools, as well as the removal of the Ten Commandments in many of our public institutions, a generation now has arisen that no longer knows the statutes and laws of God. Hence, we are becoming a country that's filled with lawlessness, which Jesus said, this lawlessness is caused, Matthew 24, 12, because the love of many has grown cold. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. When we get to Exodus 18, it begins with a family reunion. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, verses 7 through 12. And Moses bowed down and kissed him, and they asked each other about their well-being, and they went into the tents. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the hardship that they have come upon them on the way, and how the Lord delivered them. So he told them about everything, about all the plagues in Egypt, and then after they left Egypt, the Red Sea crossing, how the Egyptians chased them down, how God destroyed Egypt there in the Red Sea, how they hungered for food and how God provided the manna. In fact, if Jethro showed up in the evening, Moses could have simply said, just wait until the morning. Meet me here just after the sun comes up and I'll show you what I'm talking about. All these things took place. Jethro, verse 9 Rejoice for all the good that the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who has delivered the people under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before the Lord. So they had communion. But the words of Jethro, the Egyptians had behaved proudly. They worshipped many other gods. And God judged all these other gods that they worshipped 
through the plagues. In fact, God said so in Exodus 12, 12. I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. When Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about this, he said, Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. They were proud. Proverbs 16.5 tells us, Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Everyone proud in the heart, an abomination to the Lord. So he offered this sacrifice to the Lord, a burnt offering. It means when you do a burnt offering, it's about a total consecration to the Lord. It's kind of like giving your all to God. That sacrifice, a burnt offering, other offerings were offered. Aaron came with the leaders of Israel, and he, Moses, the leaders of Israel, and Jethro fellowshiped together before the Lord. They had communion with one another. Then the next day, Jethro, he observed Moses. Verses 13 through 18. On the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, the people stood before Moses from morning till evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? All the people stand before you from morning until evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me. I judge between one and another and make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. So at this point, all they had, they didn't have written scripture. Moses is the one who recorded the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, for us. Scripture hadn't been written out yet. All they had was oral traditions of their fathers that had been passed down from generation to generation. They had the oral traditions of their faith being passed on from generation to generation. They had no written standard that they might know how to conduct themselves in the presence of God. In fact, remember, they've been in slavery. All they've known is slavery. True, they continued to worship God even through the 400 years in slavery, but they didn't know how to conduct themselves as the redeemed of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul reminds the saints in Thessalonica, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. So they hadn't received the Ten Commandments yet. It's coming up, only a couple of chapters away, but they hadn't got there yet. So when they had an issue, they came to Moses, and they did it from morning until evening. Same is true here in the United States today. 
since the removal of the Bible and prayer in the 1960s in our public schools, as well as the removal of the Ten Commandments in many of our public institutions, a generation now has arisen that no longer knows the statutes and laws of God. Hence, we are becoming a country that's filled with lawlessness, which Jesus said, this lawlessness is caused, Matthew 24, 12, because the love of many has grown cold. Matthew 24, 12, and 13, Jesus said, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures till the end shall be saved. We in our country today, we're losing the standard by which this country was founded and we conducted ourselves for so many years. In fact, there are many in our government today that want to see the standard of faith abolished, the belief in God abolished, not even to mention his name anymore, to scrap our Declaration of Independence and the standards that this country have been built upon, to scrap all of that. They say, we know better. The proud. Remember what happens to the proud? Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, and they are, none will go unpunished. So as the next day, as Moses' father-in-law watched Moses judge the children of Israel, he observed the strain that was upon Moses and Israel. For if Moses continued to judge the people like this, their dependence upon Moses would keep the children of Israel from discovering their full potential. Parents, we all understand this when we're raising children, that if our children remain dependent upon us for the rest of their lives, our 40-year-old son, it's like, hey, dad, what's for breakfast? I don't know, go figure it out yourself. But if we treat them as if they're a baby, they would stay that in the rest of their lives. We want them to grow, to learn to crawl, to scoot, to crawl, to walk, to eat solid food, to grow in their education, their love of God, and to eventually leave the house. I know some parents never want to see their kids go, but you don't want them to stay dependent. You want to see them thrive. You want them to discover their full potential in God. And quite often we cannot do that if we stay under an authority that limits our ability or without the proper knowledge of God. The author of Hebrews, actually, many say it's Paul, but we can't be sure. In Hebrews 5, 13 and 14, for everyone who partakes of milk only is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Reason of use, repetition, learning. So he takes it all the way back to the image of a baby who's only on milk when they're first born, but then they begin to take that solid food by reason of use, by repetition, by learning. 
Their senses are exercised. They're able then to discern both good and evil. So Jethro's recommendation, verses 19 through 23, listen now to my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws. Show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of ten. Let them judge the people at all times, then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall themselves judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you will do this thing and God so commands it, I think that's the key to this whole thing, and God so commands it, then you will be able to endure, and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Jethro watched Moses, and he realized that he wouldn't last long. It was only two months in. Moses, you just won't make it if you keep this up. And so he gave him some timely wisdom, encouraged him to share the burden of ministry with other qualified men in order that the children of Israel could have their cases judged. So more people having their cases judged one judge. If we only had one judge in all of Lake County, just think about that. One judge in all of Lake County, Illinois. Man, the court systems would be backed up forever. So Jethro's counsel to Moses was to continue to stand before God for the people. Keep standing before God, Moses. He wasn't telling him not to do that. It reminded me of Samuel, when Israel came to Samuel and said, give us a king like all the other nations. And it upset Samuel that they asked for a king. But in his response, he said these words. First Samuel twelve twenty three. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and cease to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Even though they rejected Samuel, literally rejecting his two sons, Samuel said, I will not cease praying for you. I will continue to teach you the good and right way. Samuel viewed it as sinning against the Lord if we would stop praying for the people of Israel. So Moses, Samuel, they continued to stand before God for the people. He also counseled Moses to teach Israel God's laws and statutes, to show Israel the way in which they should walk, the work that they should do. So instead of just reciting it, they started having classes to teach them. James 2.18 says, Some of you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. It's not just about believing in Jesus, but we need to learn, develop in such a way that we know how we should walk and what we should do for the kingdom of God. I had mentioned many times, but 
two of my sisters were here on Sunday morning. And they knew that we, when we got new chairs in the sanctuary and carpet, that I got prayer benches for the church. And the only reason I did that is because in my dad's church at uh, Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Zion, Illinois, when they built a new facility and they ordered their pews and the pews were delivered, the pew company actually made a mistake. Instead of having pews for the front row, they sent two prayer benches. And at first, my dad was kind of upset about it. It's like, we didn't order prayer benches. And God said, I know. (laughs) Well, maybe God said that. My dad would later say that that was the best mistake that ever took place. Now, when I was in my early 20s, I spent much time in my dad's church kneeling and praying at those prayer benches. They didn't even have comfy cushions on them for your elbows. They were wooden. But I was seeking the Lord in prayer. I think sometimes we have to be able to seek the Lord in prayer. How will we know how we should walk and what work we should do unless first we're instructed? We have spiritual leaders standing before God in our behalf. But second, in that instruction, we then go from milk to meat that we might learn how to walk and to please God. Also, he was told to choose able men, men who feared God, men of truth, men who hated covetousness, to make them judges of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. It reminds us of the deacons in Acts 6, 3 and 4, very similar. Therefore, brethren, seek out among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business, but we shall give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Disciples have become so bogged down with the day-to-day function of ministry. that they needed people to come alongside to help. So very similar. Also, Jethro encouraged Moses to share the burden with these able men in order that he and all the people of Israel might find peace. The word of God tells us in Hebrews 12, 14, to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one sees the Lord. So Moses' response we close out in verses 24 through 27. Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all of Israel. He made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens, so that they judged the people at all time, the hard cases they brought to Moses. But they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his own way to his land. So Jethro went back to Midian after dropping off his daughter and his grandsons. He gave counsel, wise counsel, to Moses. Moses heeded the counsel, but remember, if God so commands, Moses asked God first, is this what I should do? Apparently God so commanded And Moses and all the people found peace. Just to recap, 
Moses was to stand before God for the people. Do we have spiritual leaders standing before God in our behalf today? Such leaders are so important, such an important part of the faith and growth of believers. We need those spiritual leaders who are standing before God in our behalf. Moses was to bring the difficulties of the people to God alone, and only Jesus is able to stand that gap. Ultimately, we know that Jesus stood the gap between God and humanity when he died upon the cross. Moses was to teach them the statutes and the laws. So if churches tend to teach human philosophies instead of the Bible, all they're going to do is raise up a people with worldly wisdom and not the wisdom of God. And that is one of the problems in the church in the United States today. They spend more time talking about the social issues of our day instead of teaching the very word of God. And therefore, people don't know how to walk or what work that they should do. But Moses was to show them in the way which they must walk, how they should work. And God's word is an effective counselor. It should be read, it should be studied, it should be expounded upon in private and public settings that we might know how we ought to walk and to follow God, but also the work of God. Well, the Lord called me at 28 years old to preach. He didn't do it at a prayer bench. In fact, the church I was at at that time didn't have prayer benches. I was just sitting in a Sunday school class. But in that Sunday school class, when personally I was ready to contend with someone else in that adult Sunday school class that got something wrong, I was going to get them. I, never, I don't even know what the issue was. I was flipping pages, and the Lord brought me to that verse in Romans that says, how can they hear without a preacher? And I knew the Lord had called me to preach his word. I surrendered to the Lord that very morning at the close of the preaching that day. I went forward, talked to the pastor. They licensed me that week, had me in the pulpit the following week. It was a bit fast, but um, that's how it went for me. But I spent years kneeling and praying, searching for what God would have me to do. Through those years, I continued to learn the word of God. I was growing in my faith. I was learning how to walk. And in the process of learning how to walk in my faith, the Lord finally said, this is the work that I would have you to do. Sometimes we try to jump to the work without the learning process. We need to have that learning process. And I, I'm still learning, but the order is important as well. And Father, tonight I pray that you would help us to find where we're at in that process. I pray, Lord, for faithful men and women who are willing to stand before you, spiritual men and women who are willing to stand in their faith before you for their families, for their churches, for this nation, to help others to grow in their faith, that they might know the laws and the statutes of God, that they might know the promise of God that's fulfilled through Christ Jesus our Lord, that they might be saved. 
but also, Lord, as believers, that we might know how we should walk and the work that we should do. These things are so important. Lord, so many are confused today. But I pray, Father, that you would pour out your spirit. Lord Jesus, you said, if anyone is thirsty today, let them come unto you and drink. And all of their hearts will flow rivers of living water. Father, we need an outpouring of your spirit today. Help us not to try to take on everything by ourselves, but to have others come alongside to support our hands, sometimes in prayer, sometimes in ministry. We thank you, Lord, that do so, even in this church. We thank you for these lessons, Lord. We pray a blessing upon us this night. We pray for our world, pray for our leaders. Father, many of us may not agree with many of the things that are taking place, but ultimately, Lord, we know that you're still on the throne. You have a plan for this world that is yet to be fulfilled. And we say, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord Jesus, come. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.